Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and my guest today is Daniela D'Ambrosi, who is a CPA associate in the RBC CPA pre-approved rotational program and a Western University alumni, where she obtained an honors specialization in accounting and a graduate diploma in professional accounting. Daniela joined RBC in 2019 as a business analyst within technology and operations. And while an RBC summer student, she also was an RBC student partner where she helped us to host many student events, social events, and support of our 10,000 Coffees Leadership Speaker Series. Daniela also represented RBC as an RBC student ambassador at Western University. Danielle, it's so great to have you in your show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm so excited to be here and hello to everyone who is listening. I'm so excited to um, virtually chat with all of you. <laughs> great. So let's, I know you and I have gotten to know each other over the over the last few little while, but um, I like to always start with some few rapid fire questions just so everyone can get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, what is your most or favorite used emoji? So this one made me laugh when I went to go check it. Um, and it's the kind of like innocent looking smiley face where the eyes are kind of closed. It looks like very like innocent and um, just like a nice, a nice little face, not overly smiley. But the reason why it's my most used is I'm living at home now since we're working from home and I'm back with my parents. So I find that sometimes I'll be like sitting upstairs working and then I know my mom's downstairs. I can hear her in the kitchen and I'll like send her a little text being like, do you want to make me a snack? And then I put the nice little innocent, <laughs> innocent looking face at the end of it, thinking that that will maybe persuade her to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. A little bit of the innocent sort of help. <laughs> exactly. Maybe try to guilt her into it a little bit. <laughs> uh, hey. If it works, why not? I might need to start to use that in my home, too. Um, <laughs> if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Definitely sushi, um, hands down. It's been a favorite of mine for years. There's so many different kinds. It's an easy answer for me. Yeah, sushi's been a, a popular one on this show, and it keeps making me, every time it comes up, I'm like, I haven't had it in a while. I definitely would love to get out and get some for sure. Um, yes, yes. Favorite way that you spend a day off? Um, definitely something to do with the outdoors. I've been spending a lot of time at my cottage during some days off, um, whether it's, you know, in the summer, getting out on the boat, um, going on a hike. Um, even during the winter, I was trying to spend some time like outdoor skating or cross country skiing. Um, I definitely think just some type of way to like unplug from devices and spend some time outdoors is my favorite. So important, isn't it? Like getting back to nature. And I know we were just talking earlier before we started the recording about how it's nice to see the sunshine and spring coming, right? It's just such a special feeling. Yes, yes. I feel like it makes like the days a little bit better getting out, even on like a lunch break or something, just stepping outside. I feel like it like resets my mood for the rest of the day. Absolutely. I feel the same. Are you a hit the snooze button kind of person or a wake up immediately? Um, I so badly wish I could say wake up immediately, but I am a hit the snooze button. <laughs> um, I joke that I always need to set three alarms. I have no problem waking up no matter what time of the day it is, but 
it always has to be the third alarm. So if I know I have to get up at seven, I'm like setting alarm for 6.50, 6.55, and then seven. <laughs> I guess that makes sure you get up by doing it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I can always like find myself snoozing it. And then by the third one, I'm like, okay, you really need to get it together. Time to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, ease into the day that way. I love it. Uh, this question I always love because it's, um, it's something that it's interesting to hear what people go to as their their favorite word and no pressure because I think all words are interesting but is do you have a favorite word or a word that represents something that's special to you um maybe not necessarily um the coolest or like most interesting word when it comes to like spelling or pronunciation or anything like that but I was trying to think of like a word that like no matter what context is always just has like a really positive um, outlook or like has a really positive impact and I think dream is like such a great one for that I've never really heard anyone be able to like use that in like a really like a negative way I feel like it's a really um, feel good positive um, word so it definitely is a favorite of mine dream wow I love that one they could that's a definite great word thank you um so as we get into a little bit now about you your journey your experiences from going from you know, high school, post-secondary work, um, and, and, and you've done such a, a tremendous amount of work and so many opportunities so far that I've, I've seen and seen you be a part of. Could you share a little bit about that, you know, those transition, those moments, and is there anything you want to share with the audience who might be following behind you either in those trans transitions and some insights or something you've learned along the way? Yeah, I think, um... One of the biggest things that I've learned throughout my um, throughout my journey within school and then starting um, a full time role has just been the importance of networking and really chasing after um, things that you want to accomplish. So I know when I was a student, I was really involved in um, the undergraduate association that was um, associated with my program and. One of the really great things about being involved with that was we would host a lot of events partnered with um, student ambassadors, so like the RBC student ambassadors, as well as different professionals um, representing different companies. And you know, when companies would come in that I really wanted to learn a like learn a lot, I would make sure that I was coming in with like questions ready to go. I was dressing to impress so um, even if it was maybe like a business or sorry like a very casual event I would try to dress business casual just to you know maybe stand out in a crowd look like you're taking everything really seriously but then also not be afraid to have fun with it so I know this is something that I've learned quite a bit is you go to these like scary opportunities or scary networking things and people can get a little bit tense and they can be scared to really um, to really stand out and be personable but that really is um, something that's provided me so much success is the ability to kind of, you know, shake it off, um, be able to have real meaningful conversations with the people that you're trying to meet with um, and make those lasting impressions. So I think the importance of smart networking is something that I've learned along the way and then just not being afraid to go after these things. So even if maybe you're going for um, to a networking event that you think that um, you may be a little bit um, too young for or it may not be um relevant to like your specific role if you think that you're able to go in um in a responsible way and you're going to learn something i think there's no harm in chasing after um like what your goals are yeah and i 
like the reference to smart networking. That's a really good, insightful sort of framework and mindset to have, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I feel like all the time I hear people buzzing around the word networking and people just talk about it like it's something you have to do, but there really is a big difference between like just doing it to get it done and doing it in a smart way. And I think that's something that I had to learn because um, I, I didn't always have that mindset, but I think once I was able to make that mental switch, I saw a lot of um, really positive responses with, you know, um, internship interviews and um, executive roles in clubs and then eventually full-time roles. So it definitely, I saw the impact. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because networking is like a whole podcast on itself, but I think what you're you're sharing is, is, is a mindset shift. And I always talk to students about, to your points, like be yourself, like, you know, the, the, and, and I like that you said, have fun with it because, um, you know, sometimes I've heard, oh, I got to get my game face on. I'm going to network. And when I, when I hear that, I'm like, no, it's not a game. It's actually <laughs> building relationships. And why wouldn't you be yourself? And why wouldn't you share? And why don't you lead with your passions and your interests? Um, it's great that you're a student or, or you're, you know, involved in different things and, and the things you do, but talk about who you are. Um, you know, what are your values? And I, I, I like all the things that you shared there. I think it's really important for students of today to think about that and, and reframe the approach a bit. Yes, yeah, for sure. I think definitely, um, yeah, the ability to kind of take that step back and just be yourself. You know, if you're if you're networking in a job search position, you definitely want to make sure that you're sharing not just the things that you do, like you said, but your actual self as well. Um, because at the end of the day, this is a really great test for you to see if you think you would be a good fit within this role. So what better way to test that out um, than to actually be yourself and, um, you know, put everything out on the table and then hope that it, it it's a great match. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, uh, thinking more about the school side of the equation for you and um, asking the question about, is there anything that you've learned to or you've experienced that you wish was taught in school? Um, I think one thing that I, I think there's a gap between, um, the school, like school education and something that's really important. One thing would be like financial literacy. I know that there's so many students who walk into university and now you're, you're 18 years old, you're an adult and you don't have an understanding of basic financial literacy. Um, and that's something that I think is a gap. And I know that. Um, one of the really great things that RBC provides is um, some of those RBC on campus setups where you're able, students are actually able to like go in and um, have conversations with professionals to get some of those, um, some of those knowledge points outside of the classroom. So I think that one is really great. Um, but I think more from like a networking perspective, um, I think that one thing that there again is a little bit of a gap that isn't necessarily taught in school is how to, um, write a strong resume or cover letter that will help align you to specific jobs. So I know that, you know, in, in younger career courses and things like that, they'll, they'll talk about general templates and things like that. But one thing that I learned as well is it's really important to make sure that every application that you're doing is catered to the specific role that you're applying for. Um, of course, from, from time to time, it's going to be very similar, but I think um, that's one thing that I've noticed is, um, again, if, if you have a job that you're really interested in going for or a club that you're really interested in going for, don't use the same recycled 
information that you've used every single time. Show them, this is your chance to show, this is something that you're really passionate about and, um, you know, make that great first impression. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, um, I think those are two really good points around financial literacy and then also, you know, with, with the, um, you know, with the career services counselors and folks that also might be listening to this, um, you know, there is those opportunities to start out and to build out a broad sort of understanding about a resume and a cover letter. But then as you're getting further in your journey and you're further in your, in your interest is, is catering those to be uh, calling out some of your strengths, your values, right? And how do you do that differently? Um, that's a great, great, great ideas and great thoughts there. Thank you for sharing. Um, getting a bit more personal now in this part of the show, I always like to talk about something that our guests have, you know, found to be a challenge or continues to be a challenge and how maybe, and just in this case, something that you wanted to share or something that you've overcome and, and maybe share that with the audience. Yeah, so, um, I remember coming into university and I, um, I definitely take it, took advantage of a lot of leadership and extracurricular, um, experiences in high school. So coming into university, maybe my ego was a little bit too high and I was like, oh, this will be a piece of cake. Like I'm going to get a job at after first year and I'm going to, um, get leadership roles in a club. And I think it was a reality check to see, you know, you're, you're in a much larger pool of individuals and you kind of have to reset on priorities. You can't go after everything and you have to be okay that um, failures may come here and there. So I remember applying to my first executive role in first year and not getting it and being really upset about it. And then I remember even applying to internships um, and again, not getting those roles and being very overwhelmed by the fact that I wasn't getting opportunities and nervous about what that would mean for my future. I remember I'm 18 years old and now telling myself like, you're never going to get a full-time job after you graduate, um, which is so funny looking back on to, to think how big of a deal I thought those things were when they were so um, minuscule in terms of um, my overall career journey. So I think that um, accepting, accepting defeat and accepting um, failure is something that was new to me. And it was a really big challenge in my life, but I think if anything, it, it kind of helped light the fire and motivate me to do better and align my priorities. So then instead of, you know, the next year applying to 10 different clubs and having mediocre applications to all of them, um, I focused in on two that I was really interested in. Um, and I was able to, you know, have really strong standout applications for those two. I was able to actually take a step back and think like, what is meaningful to me? What type of extracurriculars do I wanna see? And then I was able to, find other students who had similar passions and start up our own club at, um, at Western. And um, that was something that was definitely a highlight in my university experience. So um, I think it's a hard, a hard realization to accept um, failure, but it can play off in the long run. Yeah, Danielle, those are some great um, insights and comments and thoughts there. I mean, it sounds like too, right? Having a bit more intentional perspective on things and accepting some of those Things and I, I I'm glad you actually highlighted the high school to university experience. We haven't talked a lot about that on the show, and I feel like that is such a big change. Um, and 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 exactly as you articulated that, you know, you were like, that was your world though, right? Even though it might seem minuscule now at the time, that was your world, and to not make it into those 
things that you applied to, um, you know, it, it resets you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can, it feels like such a big deal at the time too. It really does feel like it's, it's life or death at that point to get those, especially when you're in a mindset where you're used to getting all of those opportunities. Um, I think that transition from high school to university, I think everyone kind of gets a wake up call when that happens. Um, just, just in terms of, you know, understanding that this is a completely different stage of your life now, different things are going to come about. And yes, it may be more challenging at times, but I think it pays off obviously bigger rewards as well. Um, so I think it's a hard reset for students, but I think it, it's a really great, a really great reset. Yeah, hopefully um, our listeners are listening to that. And for those students that are you know, thinking of going off to school this fall, you know, you know, take some time, be intentional, think about what you want to get involved in, right? Like, um, and, and expect failure, expect that you're going to not, you know, succeed at everything right out of the gate. Um, really, really good insights there. I think that's an important lesson. And, and that, that also happens, obviously, throughout life as you go for different things as well. But thank you for sharing that that journey and your and how you you know you felt and what that meant to you. I really appreciate you giving those insights. Um, one thing too is super important is shifting the conversation from credentials and GPA to values and skills. And so I often talk now and coach a lot of young people to say, lead with who you are, not what you do. Talk about what you do at some point, yes, in the conversation, but like getting to know you and getting to know you yourself, Danielle, with your, you know, your own values and your skills. And can you talk a little bit about that from your perspective of describing yourself with your values and skills and how that's actually changed the conversation and also um, helped you to be more, more successful at what you're looking to do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of values, you know, definitely I have like my personal values. I, I definitely value, you know, family, friends, the community that I um, am involved in in general. So, um, you know, I'm so thankful to be part of such a great RBC community. Um, I value health, whether that be physical, mental, wellness. Um, it's definitely something that I make sure that I take time for every single day. But in terms of my career and my success um, as a student and moving into work, I think that the value that um, has helped me the most along the way has been um, willingness to learn. I know that, you know, you come out of university and by, I definitely have um, great technical skills. I'm, I'm in the CPA rotational program, as you mentioned earlier, Brian, and um, definitely, you know, I've done, done a great couple of years of education to align myself so that I can get my CPA in the near future. Um, and definitely all those technical skills play a large part in my day-to-day -day work. But I also think being able to take a step back looking at the work that you have in front of you and thinking to yourself, how can I better understand what's going on to make meaningful impact? How can I, um, you know, better take a step back to see where the value is coming from this and also not being afraid to take a step back and be like, you know what, I don't really have a great understanding of this, but I want to, and what can I do to make sure that I can get that understanding? Um, you know, coming into a full-time role, it's a completely different world. Um, there's more responsibility. Um, you have to have a better understanding of priorities. And I think that that willingness to learn um, and that desire to grow has been a really great 
um, value that I've had and I've seen benefit in my in my role. Um, I think the next one, and I know we touched on this briefly before, but um, just that ability to kind of reset and be yourself, um, it plays such a large role in seeing success. Um, I feel most comfortable at work with the people who I've been able to build relationships with and be personal with. Um, and I think that having those relationships and those trust in your colleagues is really great for um, work productivity because then you feel comfortable reaching out with questions or concerns. So I think those would be um, two of the biggest values or skills that have enabled my success and that I would um, recommend for students who are, you know, looking to kind of make those um, make those changes as they enter into the next stage of their life. Yeah, and you've hit, I actually want to talk a little bit more with you about this because I think it's interesting you know, when you talked about the learning and then what I would call authentic, right? Like being who you are and building those relationships. So, and I, I can see that from you just in the, the the conversations we've had in the past and and even talking today. And, you know, one of the, the challenges, and I always, I'm starting to, I don't know, I'm starting to really talk about this a lot more. And I think it's important to to have these conversations, but with you, with your authenticity and your learning, um, there's times in life when your values aren't in line to what you're doing, who you're engaging with. Um, you know, they can get what I would call out of whack. And I've gone through a little bit of self-reflection on this. And and there's been actually cases where I've realized I have to move on or do something else because my values don't align to that, that role or that situation or that relationship. Um, and I know it's getting a little philosophical, but I'm just curious. <laughs> Uh, with with the fact that you you called those out, you know, have you been faced with maybe conflict with those values, and you know, how did you deal with that, or have you been in that situation yet? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think the willingness to learn one um, and that desire to grow is something that I've I have seen conflict with myself in the past. With you know, maybe um, in particular, I'm thinking of one um, extracurricular that I was involved in with school where. I saw so many opportunities to add value and to grow and I wanted to, um, you know, start those within the club. And that wasn't really the, the goal of um, the club itself or the, the leaders within the club. And that was when I kind of had to take a step back and say to myself, you know, am I really feeling as though I'm providing value and am I getting value out of this experience as well? Um, I think that's one of the really amazing things um, about RBC is there is such a strong focus on students getting those learning and those um, work experiences, which is why um, it's been a really great role for myself um, because I'm not really afraid to, you know, put my hand up and say, I want to grow more in this area. I know I really wanted analytic focus in my day-to-day -day work. So I had that conversation with my manager and was able to take on new projects. So I think that, um, as you mentioned, you know, if you if you feel as though you're having internal conflict where your values are not aligning with organizational values, that's when you need to take a step back and say, can I make an impact? Can I maybe have conversations to align our values? And if you can't, how important are they to you? And is it kind of at that point where maybe searching for a new opportunity may be better for you in the long run than staying with the current opportunity itself? So I think it's something that people have to think about every day, um, constantly wanting to make sure that no matter what you're doing, you're, you're getting value and you're putting value into it. I really, 
I really like where this conversation is going and I really like what you're sharing with the the listeners and just you and I chatting about this because exactly what you said. I think there's there's sometimes where you have to look and say, I like the fact that you said, you know, ask, right? Ask for, hey, I really want to focus on learning more and is there an opportunity? And if you're not seeing it, don't be afraid to ask. And then the other thing is knowing when to step away and maybe refocus your efforts. And and I I you hit a little bit on this when you said high school to school with ego and and sometimes I, I think about that too, as it relates to values. I don't think it's so much ego because it's it's more of um, something that's core to you, right? And if, if someone ever th- like threatens your authenticity and you can't be who you are, for example, um, I don't think that's ego. I think that's, well, maybe I'm not in the right situation, right? Um, how do you move past it? And how do you realize it's time to move past those situations? Because they do come and and you will experience those things as you've said and you know specifically with the example on the club you had and you know maybe things weren't aligning and you're you wanted to go one way and they wanted you know an organization or a group wanted to go another and then sometimes that's okay because you can say well then you know it's time for me to do something else um yeah really really insightful um I appreciate you talking about that. I, I, I really think this is the conversation that needs to happen more and more with students and young people is don't let your values be compromised. <laughs> you know, I think when they are, you can be really not in a happy place. Absolutely. And I think there, there are going to be times where your values are not going to align with the people around you. If everyone had the same values, you know, um, everyone would be working the exact same job and there would be no movement or development in the workplace or in the world um, if everyone if everyone aligned 100%. So I think those are going to come up time to time again. And definitely by no means am I saying, you know, if, if your values don't align, you have to remove yourself. But I think it's all about prioritizing That's those right. values too and saying, like, can I, do I still feel as though I'm able to um, get a really great output from this experience and still provide um, meaningful work or does it feel a little bit like a dead end? And it's okay to say, you know what, it, it feels like a dead end because then new experiences will come about that um, you will be able to get those really great positive impacts from. Yeah, no, great, great thoughts there and great closing thoughts on that comment. I, I really appreciate it. Um, also, uh, as we're getting towards the end of the show and I, I, I love engaging and talking with you, I think you have so many great ideas and um, so inspiring and in, in some of the things that you've done and achieved already in your in your uh, career. Um, is there some specific advice or thoughts that you might want to leave today's listeners with as they kind of think about next steps for them and where they might be considering um, their opportunities to go? Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the really amazing things about being in this virtual work environment that we're in is that you have access to individuals um, all around the world. So there's no geographic constraints. Um, You really have such a great access, whether it's through LinkedIn or through searching for um, individuals who have work experience or um, can share with you their stories um, in any capacity. So I think don't be um, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, don't be dis- discouraged from the virtual landscape and not being able to make those face-to-face interactions with people because there's so many other ways to start your networking journey and 
make some of those meaningful conversations with others um, virtually. So definitely, I think that would be some great advice is, um, you know, look at the positives of this situation because I think there are so many and um, yeah, take advantage of them. I'm so glad you ended on that note. Uh, you know, I, I'm hearing right now a lot of students saying uh, it's so difficult to navigate our network virtually. And, and reality is so many of us, uh, myself included, like starved for conversation and starved for that connectivity. And what better time to reach out and ask someone for 15 minutes of their time because so many of us are 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 looking for those connections and, and those meaningful conversations, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a really great point that you brought up, you know, just as much as students who are looking for the advice are um, eager to reach out for everyone. We're all working from home. We're all missing some of that human interaction. So in, in my experience, I've never had a had a negative response to just reaching out and asking someone for 15 minutes just to ask some questions or get to know them better. Um, everyone is always looking to help with development. Um, and is looking for, you know, opportunities to have those conversations. So now is as good a time as ever. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me and, and for being a guest on the show. I can't wait to see where, where you go with things and uh, continue to stay connected. And hopefully next time we can have a, a real coffee chat in person face to face. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. So for our listeners, if um, you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network and please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery and until next time, please stay well.